Our scripture lesson this evening comes from 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. I invite you to turn now there with me in your own text. First John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. Let us pray together this morning. Good and gracious, holy and magnificent God, on this evening in which we come together to recognize our shortcomings, to remember our mortality, and also to prepare for the celebration of your resurrection. We ask that you would bring a stillness to our hearts that we might find in you this evening peace and that we might also know what it means to find life in you. We ask these things in your perfect and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, it is a joy to be in the worship with each and every one of you this evening on Ash Wednesday. Um, as we come together, we begin the season of Lent, an interesting season in the liturgical calendar, a time of 40 days between now and Easter, 40 days which aren't counting the Sundays in between. If you count the Sundays in between, it's more like 47 But these days which are leading up to Easter, and this season of Lent is based on the action of preparation that Christ took between his baptism and beginning his ministry. After being baptized, we are told that Christ was led into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And there he was tempted to reject God and to choose the things of this world. Now this was a time for Jesus to choose to make his ministry either all about himself or to make it all about God. And we often forget, though, that Jesus didn't just go into the wilderness just to see how long that he could go without food. That would be a very odd thing for anybody to do, but I guess some people do it. No, Jesus didn't go into the wilderness just to see how long he could last. He also didn't go into the wilderness solely to be tempted. He went into the wilderness, as he often did, retreating from other people, in order to draw near to God. After the 40 days and the temptation, we are told that suddenly angels came and waited on him, that he was in the presence of glory during this time. This was a time, as he's preparing for his ministry, that he might draw nearer, just a bit nearer to God in preparation, and that is what we are challenged with during this season as well. Now, for these 40 days coming up, we do have this challenge to fast 
as Jesus did, though not necessarily exactly like Jesus did. Um, unless you have consulted a health professional, I would advise against giving up food for 40 days. It's very unhealthy unless you know what you're getting into. But perhaps we fast from other things. There are other things that, that we choose to give up in our lives that may be distracting us from God. But I want us to think tonight about how this season might be even more than just about giving something up. That this season of 40 days might be about drawing nearer to God. And so during this season of Lent, we have this call to abide. I love that word, abide. There's so much depth to it. To abide in the love of God and to allow the love of God to abide in us. And so as we turn back to our text today, we recognize this call to understand that God's love is about action. That drawing nearer to God doesn't just happen as we sit still. Listen again to these words from 1 John chapter 3. We know, we know, it is understood love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How could God's love possibly abide in anyone who has the world's goods, all that the world has to offer? or even just a little of what the world has to offer, and then sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help. Little children, let us love. Not in word or speech, because that's easy, but in truth and action. You see, while Jesus was here on earth, he did not simply just come here and pray and go to church, and then he would on his own feel the love of God, and then every so often would tell or talk about the love of God to other people. He showed this love in his actions, in everything that he did for the least, the lost, the lonely, the unloved. For each person that he came in contact with, he embodied love by how he interacted with them, by who he was for them, not just simply by saying, I love you, because that's easy to say. It's a lot harder to show. And so this passage from 1 John calls us to draw nearer to God through our actions, through our faith, which is our trust in God lived out in our daily lives. And there's a very interesting uh, movie that came out in 2007 about just such a thing. Has anyone ever seen the movie Evan Almighty? Yeah, a couple of people did. It was a, it was a follow-up movie to the Bruce Almighty, which came out a few years before. Both of these are pretty irreverent movies about how God is active in the world, but each also has their own uh, theological depth to them. Now, while I wouldn't suggest that you watch this movie as your Bible study time, <laughs> there is a little bit of truth uh, to the underlying lessons. So a little bit of background on this movie in case you haven't seen it. There's this man, Evan Baxter, and he has been a news anchor, but he has just uh, received word that he is going to be inducted as a Congress member. And so he uh, is making his move up into to Congress, and he's running off of this platform that he wants to change the world. 
that he wants to do something big, that he wants to see change happen in the world. That's his platform for running for Congress. And after he gets all settled in, starting his new life, an unexpected thing happens. Morgan Freeman shows up, but it's God. Morgan Freeman plays uh, a very tasteful God, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so God shows up in Evan Baxter's life, and as you know, anybody would if God manifests as a human being, Evan doesn't believe that this is God showing up here. And so they have their back and forth, back and forth, and then eventually Evan comes to recognize that this is actually God, and that God is calling him to do something which is absolutely ridiculous to build an ark, to actually build, assemble a wooden ark, and he ends up using very primitive tools to do so in order to rescue this valley which is about to flood. And in doing so, um, Evan, who is played by Steve Carell, has conversations with God uh, about all of this leading up to it. And at one point, Evan asks, you know, why are you making me do all of this stuff? God says, you say you want to change the world. Well, so do I. And so, uh, as, as the uh, narrative goes on, as we get through the movie, um, along the way, as Evan's build, actually building this ark for the town, he has opportunities to show kindness to different people in his lives, including his enemies and even his family. And at the end of the movie, God comes back to Evan and to his initial desire to change the world, and asks Evan, after in this sort of sage-like learning moment, how do we change the world? How do we make that happen? And Evan responds, one single act of random kindness at a time. And as he's saying this, God is writing in the dirt the letters A-R-K. An ark. You know, he, was, he was building a physical ark, but he was also building this other ark, acts of random kindness throughout the movie. And it's this pretty profound lesson for him that changing the world happens on a small level. And it happens as we take the opportunities that God gives to us. One of the most pivotal points in the movie is after Evan Baxter's wife has left him with their kids because he has obviously lost his mind. He's growing ridiculous amounts of facial hair, and he's building an ark in their backyard. Um, rightfully so, she leaves him with her children. I, I mean, that seems like a pretty logical thing to do. And while she's in this moment of distress, she ends up having a, uh, a conversation with God, unbeknownst to her. And in it, God says to her, let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does God give them the opportunity to be patient? If a person prays for courage, does God give him courage? Or does he give him opportunities to be courageous? If someone prays for the family to be closer, do you think that God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings, or does he give them the opportunities to love each other? And it's this very profound moment in the movie where we realize that Christians often have the same desires. 
most Christians, if, you, if they're in the Christian faith, have the same desires. That one, they want to draw nearer to God. That's why they're a Christian in the first place. And two, they want to see change in the world because something in their heart has been aching seeing the world as it is. But what we fail to realize as Christians in the midst of all of this is that we can do both drawing near to God and changing the world if only we are willing to do one small act of random kindness at a time. And so here's my challenge for each and every one of us, myself included, this evening. While some people might give up something for Lent, chocolate, um, I don't know, Facebook, whatever you might be giving up for Lent in this time, you can still do that. I also want you to take something on as we strive to draw nearer to God. When we walk out of these doors, I want us to daily seek out God and seek to change the world through one small act of random kindness each and every day. That's my challenge for us this evening. That each day throughout the season of Lent, we might try some small act of random kindness for a different person each day. And this may sound like a big ask, and maybe it is, but I guarantee you that you'll find yourself surrounded by people each day who need a small act of random kindness in that time. And so maybe this could be something as simple as just smiling and saying, I'm glad you're here, or it's good to see you this morning. Maybe it's writing a letter to someone you feel is underappreciated in your life. Maybe it might mean for you giving the last few dollars out of your wallet to somebody who needs it a little bit more. Whatever it looks like to you, I hope that you will take, take this on, one small act of random kindness each day. And to help, I'm going to be putting up on our social media pages a list of suggestions that you might try each day. And at the end of every sermon uh, in the coming weeks, I'll give a challenge for that week. And then, if you still need just like some real accountability to help you out, every Wednesday at our Lenten lunches, we are going to be having an act of random kindness project. One small thing that we will be doing each week for the people in our community. So whatever Lent might look like for you this season, I hope that you will make it not about you, but that you will make it about God and the people around you. Because that's what this season's all about, drawing nearer to God. And as we hear in 1 John chapter 3, the best way we can do this is through our actions, by living out our faith. So make this season of Lent count. Make this season of Lent about one act of random kindness each day. Let us pray together.